You don't have the pictures of the perfect moment. Because when the nose goes on, everything else stops. As far as I know, right now, everything is fine. I feel like I'm in a canoe. Because I don't want to miss this. Oh, wait. Is this on? Okay. Hi, I'm Laura. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Kim. This is Nikki. And I'm Louise. Hi, and welcome to the Best Parts Podcast, where we invite you to pull up a chair and think about your best parts, which are all your parts. Hello, hello, hello. Laura is here in the driver's seat today with an episode with my co-hosts, Kim, Louise, Nikki, and Sarah. So I'd just like to thank everybody for tuning in with us today. I have a predicament and I'm going to ask my cast of fellow coaches if they can help me with this predicament. I'm a pursuer and a purveyor of self-improvement, as are these ladies. And I read a lot of books and a lot of articles to help me and my clients on their journey to be their best selves. And there's a lot of material around about living in the present moment. And then Likewise, there's also a lot of material out there about goal setting and planning for the future. So I have parts, which will shock no one. And I, they get confused. Like, how am I supposed to live in the now, live in the moment while I'm planning my future? So I know for myself, by adding some mindfulness practices into my life, my life is actually better. I don't ruminate or worry so much about things in the past. And living through a pandemic, I know not to get too tied to the future. But I find it an interesting conundrum. And I thought I'd bring this weighty question to my colleagues to get their thoughts on living in the now versus planning for the future. So what do you think? I mean, what sort of things do you do to try to stay in the moment and be present? But then how do you kind of gauge that against planning for your children's future, planning for your business's future? I'm just curious. This one used to confound me too. I don't get it. How can I <laughs> Good, do both? Thank you, Nikki. Because I they feel, feel validated. Yeah, they feel opposite. It feels like now, don't worry about tomorrow. Anxiety is about trying to be in the future and depression is about being in the past. I'm like, I have both. How can I be in all three places at the same time? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's funny. It is because I am worried about the future. I do have things in the past that need to be dealt with and I want to live right now. And you're human? <laughs> yeah. I mean, surprising, Welcome right? Welcome to the human race. <laughs> Part of it is why not? Why can't all three be happening? We work with it as coaches too. Stories from the past that are informing the present that drive us into the future and deciding to change those stories are what allows us to change our path into the future. I think for me, it's about having a map, a road trip map, and knowing that when I go on road trips, it's not hop on highway 94 and take it as far as it goes. It's, oh, let's go over here. Oh, this is, look at that cool mall. Look at that awesome thing I need to go see. Being able to be now and honoring all the the neat stuff that I want to stop at. I want to go see Waldrog, you know, on the way to the Black Hills saying, yeah, I'm still going to the Black Hills, but I am here right now. Being able to hold space for things that feel like they're not the same, but somehow are. I've been pondering this ever since we decided to do this and I, I'm trying to figure out, maybe you hold like you said, you kind of hold it lightly. I still find it a conundrum. So I appreciate but still you. knowing. Yeah, There's, knowing where yeah, you're going. Like, yeah. Nikki pretty much said everything that's written on my piece of paper right here. <laughs> I have I telepathized it from you. I don't know if that's I a word, but it felt an like it. Anxieties in the future, depression is in the past, staying calm in the moment, working with clients on it. And then I have a little car with a road to getting to where you want to go. So Sarah, we are like this today. <laughs> I'm with you. I, I get that. It's hard to feel sometimes like you're stuck between the two, but I always feel like if I don't know where I want to go, how do I know what steps to take? 
make. And that's a lot of what I talk about in my life is like, what intentional choices and steps can you make today to get to where you want to go? And I think it's about taking the time to define, like, what do I want in the future? What do I see in a year, in five years, in 10 years? And spend a little time exploring that and then pull it back to today. And what choices am I making today to be who I want to be and what I want in the future. But there's, you're right, Laura, it's a hard thing because sometimes if you're thinking too much about where you want to go, are you experiencing this? And you you had asked like, what's a tool that we use? What do you do or what do you give ask your clients to do? Yeah. I have one tool I'd love to share. I do this with college athletes in golf. You're always thinking about your score and it's really hard to play golf and hit the shot you're on if you're worried about what you're going to shoot at the end of the 18 holes. So I do a lot of bringing the athletes back to present. So I will be walking with them between when they're, you know, they hit a shot and then they walk to the next one. So at that point I'm walking with them and I'll say, tell me three things you see. And they'll look around and they'll, they'll say, tell me three things you hear. Tell me three things you physically feel, not emotionally, physically feel. What is something you smell? Is there something you taste? I'll do all of that. And it brings them right back into the present moment of feeling their feet hitting the ground and not worrying about, oh, am I going to break 80 today? That's a golf term. That's one of my tools. And I use it with, I've given it to some clients. I do it myself where there's moments where I'm anxious. For me, what does the spring look like right now? I have no idea if I'm going to be a college golf coach this spring. I mean, I know I'm going to be, but I don't know if I'm going to be actually coaching. I always bring myself back. What are three things I see? Louise and Kim and Laura and Nikki, four things. Like what are something I feel, my butt in the chair? What's something I hear, my voice talking? That's one of mine. Well, and that can really help. I was thinking of when I went to go get a biopsy a few years ago and knowing where I was going, knowing I didn't want to go there as well as did want to go because I wanted to know what was going on, but staying really present to I am driving. I feel my hands on my steering wheel and being where I am while knowing where I'm going, how you characterize that, Sarah, with focusing on what do you feel? What do you smell? What do you taste? And going through that bodily presence for me, a lot of times it's breath work and taking a breath and being now with that, but also knowing that I'm going in a direction, taking the time to figure out where you're going and to know that road. So you can be now as you're going in that direction. While you were talking, I wrote down access, access your, access your breath. breath. (laughs) Yes. I wrote breath. I was just thinking, I'm hearing a lot of somatic stuff. How do you get back into your body? I do that. I do one as well, where I will tap right beneath my collarbone and say, as far as I know, right now, everything is fine. And that'll get me out of catastrophizing about the future, regardless of what's happening. So it's a form of EFT that you're using. It is a little bit like EFT. Because I I use EFT sometimes with my clients. Can you share what EFT is? EFT, it's, it's also called tapping. It is something that helps with mindfulness. And then it helps re-regulate the nervous system so you can essentially reframe thoughts in the moment. So it works with the parasympathetic nervous system. It, It physiologically calms you down. The tapping actually helps that. And then while you're doing that, you're rewiring one thought to another thought. I use it with our daughter. I use it with my clients. It I use it with myself. I I was the first person. I didn't just this looks cool and then go and try it with other people. I, I use it on myself all the time. And it 
is one of those mindfulness practices as well. Mindfulness is very helpful in those moments of anxiety. Are there times when you use mindfulness that you bring yourself back to the present when it's not about anxiety? I mean, overwhelm is similar to anxiety, but if I'm having a lot of dirty brain thoughts or tornado brain, not necessarily even catastrophizing or planning or anxiety driven, but when there's a lot happening in my head to be able Mm -hmm. to bring those thoughts to a focus. You said dirty brain. I thought you said dirty brain. I mean that too. (laughs) I was like, what's wrong with that? You don't have to, you can stay in that, whatever. Stay stay there. Sometimes if you're single, you don't want to be in in dirty brain by yourself, right? That could bring up other anxieties. You could as well. That's fine. I was going to say. No, absolutely. That's fine. I said, sometimes you don't want to be All right. always. So this past, present, future thing for me is I'm not in a car. I don't have a roadmap, but I more for me, it's more like I'm floating on a river or in a stream where you're there in the moment, but there's the stuff from your past is the water that's moving you forward and you're moving down the river or down the stream and, and that's your future. But here you are. And, and sometimes I think for myself is sometimes I'm in a motorboat and I'm zooming down the river. I am all focused on the future. I'm focused on the destination and I know where I want to go. Other times I feel like I'm in a canoe where yeah, absolutely. Do I know where I want to go? Sure. But there's moments and things about right now that I want to pay attention to. So I'm moving at a slower speed. Am I still moving down the river? Absolutely. But it's at a slower speed. And then sometimes I'm in a, a inner tube and <laughs> it's completely different. Or a lazy trying, river. Or maybe it's even sometimes I'm trying to swim in the river. And that's a completely different experience where it is all about not not drowning, or it's all about not falling off the inner tube, or it's all about not getting sunburned in the moment. So I think for me, that is it now or is it the future? I think, again, it's not this one or the other. I think it's both. And for some things in my life, it is very future focused and other things and other times it's very present focused. So for me, it's both. When you're talking about the the... master of Louise is the master of metaphor. Well, it's interesting when you were talking about the lazy, well, Nikki called it the lazy river and being in the inner tube and you referred to not drowning or trying to survive. And I was thinking that's the moment where you're just chilling out and like enjoying the moment. She said, she said the drowning thing when you're swimming. Yeah. So when you were talking about swimming, I was feeling the force of the river again. I could actually feel the force of the river against me. So that drowning, it's all, you're just pushing through. And there are times when you have to push through. But also swimming for me, that's like, I'm getting my workout in. This is awesome. (laughs) It's a twofer. You can do two things at once. I hope I don't get eaten by a shark. And also my heart is pumping. Let's do this. Is it because of the shark or because you're swimming? So I, as I did some research for this episode, I ran across a couple of quotes I thought I'd share. Marie Forleo, planning consciously for the future is one of the best tools to stay grounded in the present. I want to go back to the question that I asked. Nobody answered my question. I think I was typing, I don't, Kim. You know me. I don't I remember what the question was. I, didn't I hear was the question, curious. I'm sorry. Is, 
We all talked about, three of you talked about using mindfulness, bringing yourself back to the present moment because there was anxiety or overwhelm. Are there other moments when you use mindfulness? I know for me, I use mindfulness. I bring myself back to the present moment for pleasure. Whether I'm eating something or feeling something, it's those moments of pleasure, those moments of joy. I want to really soak into it. It's not just when I'm, what was, not dirty brain, but the other one. Dirty, 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 dirty brain. brain. <laughs> it's we have these times. And so I'm answering my own question, but I'm curious for the rest of you, is there ever that time where you go, I need to bring myself right here right now because I don't want to miss this. Yeah. That's when you're truly feeling like you're living your best life. As soon as you said that, I'm going to go back to golf again. There is nothing better than hitting a golf shot right in the center of the club face. Like if you've played tennis and you hit the ball right in the center of the racket versus the edge of the racket, the center is that sweet spot and it feels awesome. The golf club, it's even harder to do because the golf club is so small. That's it. When you hit hit that perfect golf shot or you, you just have this moment of awesomeness or like the perfect hug. I miss hugs. Or the best bite of the appetizer or the first sip of coffee. Those are the moments. So I'm glad you brought it back, Laura. I loved your quote and I want to get there. Kim, I'm really glad you brought it back to that because I didn't think, I didn't, I don't think I understood what the question was. It's interesting because it. so I have played tennis. I actually have played golf and I have had that sweet spot. And there's the quote, you, you, it's not practice to make perfect. You have that moment of perfection. You have that sweet spot and then you get to practice it. Do you get that moment of, Ooh, yeah, that's it. That's the spot. That's the sweet spot. And then you get to retry and do that again and again and again. And to lean into sports ball, practice how you play. When you get to practice that moment, you get to live your life that way. That's how you get to play within the game of life is in that presence. I'm glad you re-asked the question too, Kim, because I thought about it a little differently. And I realized that if I'm having a moment that is bringing me present, I don't want to take a picture of it. I just want to be there. I, I know I've had the conscious thought of, oh, I really should record this, but something about certain moments feel like they just need to be a part of you. They don't need to be documented. That completely reminds me of a time. It was a friend of a friend went to Egypt or somewhere for vacation for two weeks. And he came back and she said to him, show me the pictures. And he said, I didn't take any. I didn't want to miss it. That's just it. You don't have the pictures of the perfect moment. You felt them. You experienced them. That's something I think as human beings we forget to do is to be present in the moment of that, the goodness that we want to experience. We're defaulted to look for the negative thoughts. We're defaulted to always be looking for the tiger jumping out of the bush. Those are our defaults. So when we get to a place of overwhelm, we're like, okay, I need to come back here because now I've recognized that something isn't working and there is no tiger jumping out of the bush. We forget to be in the moment of those times where we really, really want to remember. We don't want to remember the tiger. We want to remember those, those good bits. And we're just not humanly wired that way. We have to make a conscious effort. We have to actually rewire our thoughts and our actions to be present in the good moments, especially with world events. I think it's now more than ever is to just be aware. I do this when I'm walking all the time. I just take the biggest inhale. Oh yeah, that is the moment. The freshness of the air, the crunching of the snow, all of that. That's what I want to remember. That's what I want to be able to grab onto those feelings, but we're not wired that way. It takes effort. It's the full human experience. It's also the full dog experience. Let me explain. <laughs> it's, 
I have a hound. I completely understand what you're saying. (laughs) I was just thinking about what Louise was saying. Whenever I am walking my dog and I don't have my phone, I am so present and watching him sniff everything. He will pee on a bush, turn around and smell it to make sure the pee smells how he wants so he can move on. And he's just in that moment. That's his awesomeness. He's not worried about whatever dog he's about to come up against. If I don't know, I think having animals can really, really help you with this for it's just being in this moment. Well, and my dog has, I call it his houndy nose because when the nose goes on, everything else stops. And he's very much about what the smell is right now and walking in the crunchy leaves, doing what he needs to do because that's what serves him. And I haven't thought about that as him being present because he looks surprised sometimes when I'm, we have to go this way. What are you doing? We can't veer into those random people's yards where the other dogs are. And he always looks surprised. How dare you pull me out of my nose space? I love that you re-asked the question too, Kim, because it made me stop and think. And like everybody else has said, we are negatively biased. That's the way our brains are made. When I get out on the boat, I try very hard to stay in that space on the water so that I can enjoy that idea, enjoy that moment later. So I think that's a really good point is one of the things we can do is learn to appreciate those beautiful moments, because honestly, that's all we have. We're going to just remember moments from our lives. Those are the memories that are important to us. And those are the things that are probably helping us through this time when we could have a hug. So thank you. I'm, I'm sorry for interrupting you. And I'd love to hear the quote and allow us to respond again. But I thought it was important to hear how we experience our humanity. We do have that opportunity to be in the now and in our future brain when we're actually present to what's happening is my thought. For, because I didn't answer your first question. <laughs> and that's my answer is being present in the now is what builds to the future. And I do have a vision for the future and I do want to work towards that. And yet if I'm not using the time that I have now to enjoy my now, what is my what am I doing with my life? What's the point? Yeah. yeah. I was just thinking that both of you were talking. I think sometimes we wait to enjoy the moment for like the big things. When I go on vacation, then I'll relax and enjoy the sunset and sit in the boat and chill out where I think all that, as Nikki would call it, squishy goodness is in the day-to-day stuff. And that's when you're really living. You're not just like working, working, working to get to vacation. And then you can just chill. You know how many people go on vacation that they can't chill because they have to check email. If we spend more time throughout day-to-day life, just being here for a moment, that's where the good, the squishy goodness is. Nuggety goodness. Nuggety yes. goodness of that is. No I crunchy spots. Oh, there's plenty of crunchy spots though. Oh yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I also found was that part of the reason that they recommend you stay in the moment is this is actually the only thing we have control over. I'll go back to Marie Forleo's quote, planning consciously for the future is one of the best tools to stay grounded in the present. One of the things that I think I said, this is the top of the episode. I'm trying to hold lightly to my future plans, particularly as we live through a pandemic. If this is the only moment we can control, how do we plan for the future? And do you think that planning for the future actually keeps you grounded in the present? I don't think planning for the future necessarily keeps me grounded in the present. The vision for the future keeps me grounded in the present. I do have a very clear vision of of what I'd like to see in my future and our family's future for the future of uh, my business, for the future of the world. I mean, there's, I have lots of beautiful visions for the future. That helps me come back to the moments of, okay, what intentional choice do I do now that aids to that? So in that way, I do feel that vision of the future can ground me in the present. I think everybody here also knows the whole thing about hardcore plans and goals. I set goals. I just don't set them as crunchy things. (laughs) 
I was going to say crunchy feelings around that. I considered that when I started this idea of the episode is I know that we have several of us have different versions of goals and how rigid are they, et cetera. So I was curious to see how that would go. Well, and actually, and I, I have an interesting perspective in that I was a caregiver for both of my parents as they went through their cancer journeys until they passed away. So much of that is about being present because you don't know how long you're going to be on a journey like that. You don't know the outcome. I spent a lot of years in the right now without thinking about the after because there was no way to attach a timeline to it. There's no way. One of the worst questions you can ask a doctor is how long do you think they have? Because they're guessing they don't know. I still ask the question, even though I knew it was ridiculous. You don't know. I spent a lot of time in that reaction space in the right now and have had to learn how to vision into the future and recognize I get to stack my arrows along the path and follow to something I want to do instead of only being now. And so I get to move in a direction instead of being in a reactionary mode. I get to respond. I get to be thoughtful. I get to say, I want to move away from that. I want to move toward that. I know my experience is different than a lot of people's, but I've had a different paradigm shift, mental shift, thinking about the future versus just being now. I've had a huge mental shift during 2020. And something Kim said really hit me when she said, I have goals, but it's all more of a vision for the future. I am a planner. Being a coach, I put together a schedule. I have, here's workouts, here's practice, here's where we're going. For three, four months at a time, I plan every single day. So the athletes know this is when you have to show up to things. This is when your classes are. For 2020 spring, I had this great plan for our semester and then everything happened and it shut down and everyone went home. Right now I'm sitting in a place where I'm not going to plan for 2021 spring like I did for 2020 because I'd have no idea if that's going to happen. I have more of a vision of how I want to show up as a coach for the athletes, how I want to show up as a coach for my clients. I'm actually surprisingly okay sitting in this space where I just have a vision for the future. I really don't know the details and I haven't planned the details. We're coming from almost exact opposite, Sarah. I just, listening to you, I just recognize that you're coming down the path this way. I'm coming this way. And I'm so glad that we met in the middle, but I'll meet you in the middle on Louise's boat. That's right. (laughs) For me, It's more around what are the feelings I want to feel? So what are those things that I want as feelings that I want more of in my life? When I can focus on that, because I am ultimately always in control of how I feel, I get to then have that control over my future self almost. It's now it's working towards what feeling do I want more of in my life? And those activities and the plans and the actions, the events that can differ because I don't know what the future holds. However, the thread for me, that constant thing that pulls me forward or pushes me away from what I don't want is the feeling. What do I want to have more of in my life? Always around those feelings, contentment, joy, happiness, all of those. And how do I move towards that? That seems like a perfect place to wrap. On that note, that is a wrap for this episode, we would love it if you would let us know how do you balance staying present versus planning for the future? Let us know either on Facebook or Instagram. And as we like to say to you and all of your parts, we see you, we love you. And until next time, remember all of the parts are the best parts. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Best Parts Podcast. If you like what you heard today, we would love it if you would share this podcast on social media or with anyone you think would enjoy it. After all, sharing is caring. 
And be sure to leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts as it helps others find us. If you'd like to connect with us, you can find us on Instagram at The Best Parts Podcast or visit our website at thebestpartspodcast.com. Thanks for listening. And until next time, remember that all the parts are the best parts.